This is episode number 281 with Joe DeSena of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey, what's going on, guys? Nathan Chan here, CM publisher of Founder Magazine and also the host of this podcast. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are around the world. Uh, we've got a really cool, crazy podcast for you. Uh, today's guest, his name's Joe DeSena, and he's the founder of a company called Spartan Race and the Death Race. Uh, you may be familiar with this company. This guy's crazy. Uh, the first interview I've ever done where somebody's doing a workout uh, in between uh, while we're doing it, um, yeah, just just made it made it happen with Joe. This guy's crazy uh, to, to create a company like this and, uh, you know, do everything he's done. You've got to have just an insane mindset and uh yeah he's he, he has definitely done that it's a really inspiring story uh he just never gave up like he lost eight million dollars in the process of starting this company over a span of 15 years 15 years that's how long it took to make this company work um so very very interesting because yeah the company's doing really really well now you know he's quite open around you know the profitability and everything and yeah really really fascinating interview so before we jump in i just want to let you know if you are listening to this there's a possibility that you might want to start a business and there's a possibility that you might have an idea for like a tech product or some sort of software or some sort of startup like and that startup uh, you might not know like how to actually like find out if that idea has legs, if it's something that the market wants. CB Insights did a, a huge study and they found that almost 50% of startups fail because there was no market demand. So in true founder fashion, we've found somebody that's a true practitioner to actually teach. Like how do you find out 
if your product has market demand? How do you pre-sell your product? How do you actually start a tech company? How do you actually start a software company like most of the founders that we interview on this podcast, in the magazine, on the front covers of our magazine? So if you do want to know that, um, we've got this incredible instructor and he's He's using his 60-day startup framework. The course is called 60-day startup. We work with him to create this course. It's an incredible course. Um, it's open now. It's closing very, very soon with the early bird uh, special. Uh, we always do this where we open up, you know, because we look for like beta testers and we really just want as many case studies as we can get and, and to really test out and showcase Mitch's method um, so that's how we yeah usually launch our first intake of students. Um, so guys, if you want to know more, make sure you sign up. Go to founder.com forward slash 60 day startup. So it's six zero startup. So it's the number six and zero. Um, so founder.com forward slash 60 day startup. Um incredible course really really pumped i'd hate for you to miss out i know that we don't you know sell advertising on this podcast i know i ramble a bit i'm sorry that's it from me now let's jump into the show the first question that i ask everyone that comes on is uh how did you get your job how did i get my job um the job of running of running spartan yeah uh it was by accident I um I wanted to start a adventure racing business. I wanted to find fifty thousand lunatics around the world that would do crazy things like swim the English Channel, climb Everest, row across the Atlantic. I thought I thought maybe there were fifty thousand of them out there, and um, that led me on a journey where I spent an enormous amount of money uh, trying to make this business work. And when I reflect back as to why it was so hard, it's because I'm asking people to do uncomfortable things. And that's not that's not natural, right? It's natural to sell people sugar. Um, it's natural to sell people things that um, on the surface make them feel good, but it but it's not natural to get them to wake up early, go to bed early, do push-ups, pull-ups, run. And, um, and so I struggled for a long time at this job and then, uh, and then eventually we got it to work and here I am as CEO, but it was really, it was really by accident. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, you conceived the idea. Yeah. It was you, you got the original race was, was held in your farm in 2007. Original race was held on the farm. God, probably 2002, 2003. This is 20, as of 2020, 20 years old in the making. The race in 07 was a death race, um, but there were many iterations before that. The first race I ever put on was the Expedition BVI, it was called Expedition British Virgin Islands. And uh, we literally lost a human being um, for eight plus days, thought he was dead, found him. Uh, with the Coast Guard's help, 150 miles away, he had drifted and uh, bought him dinner and all was good. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And and the first one, like, did you charge people? We charged people, but we lost a lot of money. Couldn't couldn't get it to work. That was the one down in, in the British Virgin Islands. We, uh, we only had 100 people show up. 
lost a half a million dollars on that one. Yeah, wow. And when, like, when you started, um, when you came up with the idea, what what sparked it? Like, what, like where did it all start? Like, um, basically, I was doing these races all around the world, and myself, and um, I, uh, I don't know. I just thought I could do it better. I think most businesses start simply because you don't like a product or service. You know, you talk to Richard Branson, right? He tells you he started an airline because he was unhappy with the service he was getting with the airline he was trying to um, to fly on. So um, where'd you get the money to do the first one? I, ha- I, ha- I had a job. I owned a business on Wall Street. And so I w- we were making a lot of money. And uh, I was able to burn a bunch of money doing it. And, you know, in retrospect, it was irresponsible. But, but, but I just loved it. I loved it. I was passionate about it. And those first hundred people, like, how, how did you find them? Like, how, like, how'd you get those first hundred customers? Those first hundred people I found um, by lying to them and telling them that uh, we were going to have, uh, you know, some fun down in the British Virgin Islands. So I, I roped a lot of people in um, that didn't know they were going to actually race. <laughs> I was, I was lying, pe- lying to people in the early days. I would tell them they're going to a barbecue or they're going to have some fun down in the, the islands. But uh, the reality was I, they were the ones being barbecued. <laughs> That's crazy. So you, you charged like 100 people to come to the, the, the British Virgin Islands and, and you, know, you, kinda, you didn't sound like a good time. Like, or, or, and then how did you force them to go through like, you know, this crazy you know, winter adventure race? Well, I'm I'm pretty um, motivating person. I'm, I'm able. If I have one gift, it's the ability to convince people to do things they don't want to do. So uh, once you're there, you know, uh, then you throw them in a kayak and they start paddling, and and then they're in it. And then you know, then you're then the competitive spirit takes over. But I I lost. Yeah, it was it was um it was crazy because uh, a lot of people didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah, and and that's when so so you start so that was the, the first um, like Spartan, but then you did the death race. Why did you do the death race as well? Well, the death race I put on because I was frustrated with um, with Iron Man. Iron Man had this really badass name. These people were supposed to be tough, and I was doing a bunch of them. But I was annoyed. People would quit, you know, when it was raining or something happened to their bike or their wetsuit and. It just seemed like it became very clinical. Like here, here were you supposed to be a tough guy or girl, and you were you were chasing uh, to remove four grams from your bike seat, and um, that to me uh, didn't what wasn't the ethos it set out to create. So, yeah, I I um, I wanted to make something that was much 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 uh, tougher and grueling and dirty and. Uh, you know, saving four ounces on your shoes wouldn't change the game. I don't know if I answered the question well. I forgot what the question was, but but it sent me down the road on Iron Man. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I guess what, like, why did you start the death race? Like, because you already had oh, yeah. Spartan. Yeah. So the death race was exactly that. Like, it would punch you in the face. You know, what would happen if you were doing an Iron Man and you got out of the swim and your bike seat was missing? Uh, that was the death race. Everything that could go wrong would go wrong. It emulated life, and um, and it worked. 
work and work in a big way. The New York Times picked it up, and we had a a spot on on uh, in the New York Times, and all of a sudden, uh, it became this big thing. Everybody around the world wanted to come see if they can handle the death race. Yeah. So, so you've you've kind of built up a reputation of of creating these incredible um, challenges that people will you know really push their limits, uh, you know, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally. Um, and you know, this is, this is a, this has turned into a really big business. So people listening right now, like, um, can you give people context to like, you know, how many, how many people will, will, will con- contribute, um, and, and how, how, how large a scale, like, uh, uh, how many events, you know, across the, across the world, how many participants like, you know, this year will have gone through all of your events. Yeah, so 45 countries, um, 275 events, uh, 1.3 million participants a year. So um, as you say, it's become a pretty pretty overwhelming operation. Yeah, wow. And you kept going at it. Why? You said, you you know, you wasted a lot of money. Um, for a long time, it didn't work. When, when did things really kick off? How long did that take? Well, I, I lost money for 15 out of the 20 years. So um, it was it was a loser, and anybody in their right mind would not have continued. I don't, I don't like to quit. I'm a crazy person. And um, I, I got so buried financially. I had invested so much that I had no choice but to make it work, which I think is the difference between success and failure in many cases. I think, you know, Thomas Edison's... Uh, Reputations online. Um, Elon Musk's reputations online. Invested all your money, sold your kids, did everything you had to do to try to make this thing work, and you have no choice. At what point did you leave the uh, brokerage firm? Like you said, you made a lot of money on Wall Street and go all in on this. Well, so 2001, I start. I sold my firm, my Wall Street firm, in 2000, the end of 2004. Um, but I kind of kept a toe in with the new buyer of the company. And I, I continued to make money, thank God, because I was basically burning all that money I was making um, after selling the firm. And then in 2010, after 10 years, I, I just pulled the ripcord and completely got out of that business. And uh, and the last 10 years has been 100% Spartan. Um which, which uh, you know, there are days where I wish I was still making that kind of money. Really? Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it's a lot easier to make money in finance than it is in um, barbed wire and and barbed wire and blood and black and blues. Yeah, but like event events business can be very profitable once you get it dialed in, right? Mm, not 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 finance. Just, you know, I mean, on average, we only charge, you know, $100, $125 um, if if you calculate in USD. And so, you know, it's a big, certainly a big business. But for the the service we provide, building a bunch of obstacles on the side of a mountain in a rainstorm, um, it's pretty inexpensive for the consumer. Interesting. So would you be able to share, like you said, you burnt a lot of money, like you kind of, you don't have to give exact numbers, but maybe ballpark just so people can understand the scale or if, if you feel comfortable, oh, yeah. if you don't, that's fine. I probably blew through $8 million. Yeah. Wow. Um, but 
you know, things are going like well now with the business right now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, the business is uh, is solid, um, sustains itself, uh, growing. So that's that's good. And and I don't I don't mean to sound um, negative in any way, but I want the listeners to understand the reality of starting a business. Yeah, like you, you you got you forget about all in. You got to be like double doubly in. Yeah, no, I I love the rawness and the realness because it is. It, it is it is so ridiculously hard. So I'm curious, you know, you said it took 15 years before things really start to kick in. Um, like, you know, you see online these, these Instagram millionaires and uh, all this overnight success rubbish and stuff like that. I'm curious, what was the turning point? What do you think was, was the click? Was it a switch in the, in, in the business model? Was it you hit guys hit market saturation to a point where, it, you know, there was a referral mechanism like what was it the thing that finally got it to work i think was just the um the network effect i think we finally had reached some level of awareness uh because we were in so many countries i was i was relentless at continuing to announce races knocking on doors convincing people that were going to a barbecue literally uh, we just, I, I just left no stone unturned and eventually it uh it created a network effect that worked yeah, and um, I'm curious around kind of you recently um, launched a, a book, The Spartan Way. You've, you've, you've wrote a couple of books, actually, The Spartan Way, Spartan Fit, Spartan Up. Um, your most recent book, what compelled you to write it? You know, I, I met a Spartan professor, uh, the preeminent professor in Cambridge, and we started talking about ancient principles and and I'm a student of history and I have sought out uh, monks and samurai and kung fu masters throughout my life and um, even organized crime (laughs) bosses were my friends and um, basically tough people with their own set of uh, warrior principles and and I built a bunch of businesses and I realized that you know it comes down to about 10 principles if you want to be successful in life, no matter how you define success. So they're not my principles by any means. They're just organized. Um, but if you can master these 10 principles, you're going to master life. Yeah. Wow. Are you able to, to share like some of them? Yeah. I mean, the first, the first principle, the most important and the most difficult is um, knowing your true north or your purpose. Uh, so if you're a warrior or you know, a religious leader, whatever it is, right? A business person, a mom or dad, um, you got to really know that that is your thing. And if you love it and it's your passion, it's the reason you're on earth, it's going to make life so much easier. Because if you're doing something that um, you're just not supposed to be doing, it does not fit your ethos, um, you're miserable every day, uh, it's like it's like rolling a boulder uphill. Now, the reality is most people have to put food on the table. So you got to do what you got to do. And I'm not suggesting you sit around and wait for, you know, a shining star to hit you in the head and, and tell you, oh, magically this. No, you got to do what you have to do, but you got to be open minded and looking for and, 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 and sensing what that thing is or what those things are. And it can change throughout your life. Um, but super, super important. That, that you find that and you match um, why you're here 
to, to what you're doing. And I found it. I found it with Spartan. Yeah, amazing. Um, I'm curious, you know, when it comes to, I guess, you're in the business of, of helping people overcome obstacles and, and you know, really um, train their mental toughness and, and, and strength and endurance. Um, when it comes to, like, you know, obstacles and peak performance, um, wait, can you have it all? I don't think anybody gets everything. In, like, I think that's a fallacy, right? I don't think you can get everything. What I mean by that is you certainly can be healthy. And if you're running a business or you're running a family, you should be treating it like you're on an Olympic team and taking care of yourself the way an Olympian would. But something's going to give, right? Um, something is not going to get uh, the attention it should get. So just be aware that um, if you want something, you're giving up something. There's a lot of weddings and funerals I didn't go to because I was busy building businesses. And I'm not saying I'm proud of that or I did the right thing, but, but the reality is if you want to succeed at something and you're going to put that kind of focus in it, some stuff is not going to get the attention it needs. Yeah. You have to make sacrifices. Got to make sacrifices. And when it comes to kind of like fitness, health, family, relationships, business, do you think you can excel and, and, you know, have peak performance in all those areas of life that is possible? Look, let's go through it, right? Family, health, and business. So let's say those are three sides of the triangle. I think, I think if you really lean in on health and wellness, um, you're not going to be able to put as much time in the other two areas. If you really lean into business, you're not going to put, so it's really your choice. And I mean, it's ridiculous, right? If, if any of us don't put a hundred percent of our time into our health and wellness, kind of like on an airplane, when they say you take oxygen first before you help anybody else. So health and wellness really has to come first. But the reality is even with me, um, I probably don't give it as much attention as I should because family's taking some and business is taking some. So uh, this work-life balance, I think, uh, is almost impossible to achieve. Uh, now, if you're a nine-to-fiver and you're happy in your job and you just kind of mosey on through it and, and you know, you're a part-time dad or mom, <laughs> um, then you can spend a lot of time on health. You know, so you, it's really a balance between the three, but, but none of them are probably getting all the attention and achieving all the success they, success they could if you if you 100% focused on that one. And I think most of us are probably more out of balance than we should be. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I find this super interesting coming from, um, you know, you, you, you're definitely optimizing your time, man, doing crunches while we're doing the interview. So <laughs> you're definitely trying, right? So it's interesting to hear your perspective. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I didn't get as many crunches done as I'd like. <laughs> um, well, look, we have to work towards wrapping up because I'm mindful of your time. But um, one thing that I am, am, I've learned and I'm convinced of is the amount of success that somebody has in life or business, from my perspective, one key component is the ability to handle stress or the ability to, to be able to handle 
the amount of things that you have to have on your plate to take things to the next level. What would you say to people experiencing, yeah, any obstacles in life um, and and want to, um, you know, increase their mental toughness to be able to handle stress uh, and, and you know, the, the ability to, to man, you know, handle the sheer volume of things that, you know, a lot of successful people go through? Yeah, no, it's funny you're asking because um, my dad used to say, you've got to have the stomach for it to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't really understand what he means, what he meant. And um, there's no doubt about it. You've got to, you've got to be able to deal with the stress. And I think, I think that is a differentiating factor. I'm really lucky. I have ADD. So if I've got bad news, which, you know, an entrepreneur gets all day, every day, my mind after five or 10 seconds forgets the bad news and I'm on to uh, something else. So, um, so I, I have a gift in that respect. I think if you dwell on on those things, uh, you're finished, and and it makes it you know exponentially harder. So yeah, I, I just happen to have a gift that's more able to deal with the payroll and the rent and the bullshit, right? Because it's not it's not if it'll go wrong, it's it's when everything goes wrong all day long, every day in business, and you and you got to have a, a a steel trap for a stomach. Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, well, look, uh, last question, uh, just around kind of what's next and uh, what's exciting for you right now and, and where can people go to find out more about yourself and your work? What's next? One of my dreams is to, to make a full featured uh, movie about uh, Sparta. So I'm working on that. And um, anybody can email me, joeatspartan.com. If, uh, if there's folks out there listening to you that don't have the money or whatever, um, feel free to ask for, they should actually talk to you. Maybe we should get you a hundred entries and you could, you could start a team, uh, the Nathan team, they go do a race together with your audience. Um, wow, man, you scare me, dude. <laughs> you gotta do it. You and a team out there. And then uh, don't forget the missions to change a hundred million lives. And then, um, then we get the book. We got the podcast. Um, check out Spartan Up Podcast. You get a kick out of it. And then every day, uh, even this morning, believe it or not, I do. I try to do videos and put them out on Instagram and just give people a kick in the ass. And that's um, Real Joe DeSena. If you wanted to follow me on Instagram and you know, tell me, tell me if that gets you going. But but basically, uh, I haven't changed in in 20 years. It's it's. I just love getting people motivated and going. And even if I got to lie to them. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.